That was the Alan Parsons Project, Eye in the Sky, request of Mr. Sam. Yeah. Good choice, Sam. Good choice. I think it's been our best uh, musical intros. We had the box top setting off the top with uh, Cry Baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good idea. We didn't mention that. We didn't mention that. That was actually in honor of LeBron James. Exactly. He yeah. cried for a solid 20 minutes after he won yeah. the championship this week. Oh, it hit me in my feels, man. I was I was overcome with emotions also. Um, yeah. Here's, okay, I got a couple of questions for you guys. First of all, uh-huh. after... So, first of all, let me just... As an aside, I think LeBron James gets way too much shit from everybody. Greatest basketball right. player of all time. Hands down. Yeah, it's because um, he's a bitch, that's why. That's what Draymond Green said. And then Draymond Green yeah. lost three consecutive games. But Right, well only two, because he didn't play. Because he didn't one. play in one of them. Because he punched LeBron right. in the balls. Let me say yeah, this for Draymond got- Green. He was the only Golden State Warrior, at least as far as I could tell, according to the cameras, who came out and congratulated LeBron James in the minutes after the game was over. He came out, oh, yeah? gave him a hug, said congratulations, and left. Yeah, that's None classy. of the other Golden State Warriors did that. Right. And then they went to the locker room, they closed the locker room, shut it off, media did not have access. They went and did their podium interviews afterwards. But other than that, totally cut off media access. And I am conflicted on this. What is your opinion on interviews with the losing team? Because is that part of their job? Or are we just sickos who want to see human beings crying after they lose? Uh, Or win, if you're LeBron. No, no, I'm talking, I mean, I think we should interview the winners. Regardless, that makes sense to right. me. I feel like there is something to be said about, you know, violation of privacy when we're like, you just exhausted yourself for, like, an incredibly emotional and physical endurance test. Now talk right. to the camera. I think, I think in this situation, I think no matter what, the media will, there's an expectation that they have access, or in their minds, to every facet of game and, and that the NBA or whatever uh, uh, league you know has an agreement with the players that they will furnish their uh, themselves for interviews you know but so there's that but I think especially with this series there's there was such a high expectation for the Warriors yeah. and that didn't come through with it so 
obviously you want to hear what the people have to say, you know, whether or not they had something substantial to say is right. almost beside the point, right? So it's about, it's about, you know, what their emotional state is and, uh, but no, I do think it's a little grotesque, sure. Yeah. But at the, uh, end of the day, at the end of the day, hold on, I just want to say this. Having not watched any of the NBA Finals, like any of it, and that just is purely from the standpoint of like I'm not able to watch. The, I don't have a TV right now, so I couldn't watch the game. Um, and you don't care. And I don't care. And they're on like late at you night. You don't need a TV. You just need a phone. Yeah, but anyway, my point is that like it's amazing if you don't watch them. How much you, like there's no like emotional investment. Right. So, like, I could take or leave it, and uh, it's really not that important in the grand scheme of things. Right. Well, Which is it's true of all sports. Yeah, uh, I, sport. think, I think that that <laughs> assumption of privacy... Uh-huh. Go ahead. What do you mean about privacy? You guys are, you yeah, guys are there? Yeah. 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 yeah, I think that whole... I think that that's total horseshit. Um and I, I'll be the first person to say that I think paparazzi are horrible people and they should not exist. Mm-hmm. But I think that, uh, you know, these are these are people who are getting paid millions of dollars, not to be athletes, but to be like public spectacles. Right. And to, for them to be like, oh, no, this was so tough for us. Uh, we're going to close our locker room. Yeah. We're not going to talk to you. It's like, no, fuck you. That's what your job is. Yeah. And, like, you get to play a game all the time. You only work half the year, and you're getting paid millions of dollars. So, like, you know, suck it up and do your interviews. Right. Because that's what your fans want to see. You know what I mean? Right. Take, take like, Marshawn Lynch, though, for example. Good example. Totally uh-huh. the Seahawks. Like, he didn't want to interviews for a number of reasons. I think a... He's not that well spoken, and like maybe knows that, and like doesn't necessarily care to fuck about like also more so doesn't give a fuck about other people's opinions and the media's opinion of him, um, and he'd rather just take the fine, you know, and and the Seahawks paid for it too. I'm just here, so I won't get fined, boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me say. I want to go off of like, that real quick. I want to say I think Moshe Lynch is one of my heroes. I think yeah. he's an amazing individual. Um, there is an article posted on the undefeated.com. It was a couple of weeks ago about he he's retired. And for now. He, I think he's retired for good. You think he might come back? No, there was some rumor that he was going to come back yeah. after a year. Yeah. He, he's investing in businesses in Oakland. And it was this journalist um, following him around in Oakland. And he talked a lot about his, I, I think he has a social anxiety issue, but also his distrust of the media, essentially the white-owned media that's trying to make him something that he's not. Or to villainize him, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or to make fun of him. Right. I mean, that's what, like, yeah. that's the whole, like, what I said, he's not that well, like, maybe he feels like he's not that well-spoken. I think that's the narrative. Articulate. He is not an articulate young man. Right, which is like, it's the same, like, thug mm-hmm. argument against Richard Sherman, you know? Right. Well, but like, Richard, Richard Sherman's an extremely articulate young man. Right, and he knows yeah, it, and he plays off of that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, this, okay, so let me talk about how much I love the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, yeah. Because uh, Richard Showman also came out and said, we need to stop publicly financing privately owned sports stadiums. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Which, totally agree. That's why the Oklahoma City Thunder exist when they should not fucking exist. Um, so good on Richard Showman. Good on Moshan Lynch. You guys know I'm a bandwagon fan. Yeah. Right? The band, the bandwagon I love being a bandwagon fan. And I'm a bandwagon fan of LeBron. I, I, I was a band. I was on the Golden State bandwagon last year. I've been on the Seattle Seahawks bandwagon for a couple of years. And I started asking myself, even if you guys are not bandwagon fans, when right. your team is out, either out of playoffs or out of contention, what criteria? Do you consider for rooting for establishing your which team you're rooting for? Uh, I usually root for the AL unless it's the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually would take any American League team against the National League unless it's the Yankees. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'm a city by city person. I root by a region of the country generally. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, honestly, as I've been Hold on, wait, wait. What? Okay, sorry, go ahead, Jesse. No, no, I just like... I think I'm like... less invested in certain... sports where I feel like, you know, if you don't... if you don't put your, you know, your hat in the ring don't get as much out of an event or a right. sporting event. Right. Right. So, so if you don't sort of just like pick a side, be it arbitrary or not, you're going to, what's the point in a way? You know? On some level, it's all arbitrary. That's true. I mean, right. especially with, uh, yeah, because like the player, it's just like, you're basically betting on, you're like, you're, you're, you're rooting for a brand and the players themselves are transferable. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, the, three, the, that, the fact that the three of us actually like sports is surprising. You know? Like, we like sports, but like, that we like, uh, at least we grew up in it. But, right. How, yeah, I like, see what you're saying. We don't, we don't actually talk that much shit about the organization of, like, the, the leagues and, like, the money behind that and how hollow that shit really is. You know? Right. 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 Because we don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, but we can. And that, that gets into, you know, sports as vehicle for social justice. And that's what Richard Sherman's working on. And that's what I think LeBron James is going to work on, too. That's why I like him. Uh, sports as what? A vehicle for social justice, for, for oh, yeah. change. Right? I think, I Le- think LeBron that, yeah. James is going to send over a thousand p- kids from Akron to college. Like, right. like that's amazing. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, made his fortune on payday loans. 
Put what? Payday oh, loan. That's, that's oh, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> right? So. Yeah. so oh, quicken loans, I mean, right? Quicken loans, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And uh, and and high risk mortgages, <laughs> um, you know one one of the many reasons I'm rooting against the Cubs, their owners are the biggest financial supporters of Governor Scott Walker of Wisconsin. Really? Yeah, huge Republicans. So, well, most billionaires are though. Exactly, and most billionaires. Mo- Wait, how do I put this? Most sports team owners are billionaires. There's some I kind think of, that all of them are. Right, except for, except for the owners of the Green Bay Packers. Of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. They're like the, they're the socialist mm-hmm. owned team. Yeah, owned by the publicly owned. They're just owned by the Oshkosh Bagash family. <laughs> oh, I loved that clothing line. You know, overall, overall money. Oshkosh Bagash was my favorite. We should just, I believe. Yeah. I believe that. That should be. We should make dump on the um, Oshkosh, Oshkosh, Bagash uh, overalls that we that we sell. Now, we should definitely have some swag for our fans. Oh, that's buy. a good idea, actually. Yeah, we can do that. Oh, hey, and before I forget, you guys told me to do this at the opening. I stopped telling you podcast listeners how to tune into our podcast since you're already listening to the podcast. So you know, get out of my house. Leave me alone. Um, but what Jesse and Sam mentioned is that we do need you to go to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and please give us a review. Um, I know most podcasts ask for those five star reviews. I don't think with I don't think I can ask for that. I would be happy with like a zero star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell us that. If you could give us like a one and a half star review, that would be amazing. Like I'm, I'm banking on that. We're going to be like the worst podcast yeah. on iTunes. That's that. I want to go that direction. <laughs> Absolutely we're going, worst. We're um, going for the Razzies of podcasts. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're trying to uh, shoot the moon from the outset. Oh, that's a good good metaphor. Yeah. We should have an entire podcast based around card games. Ooh, I yeah. like that. Yeah. Now it's next episode. Yeah. Tune in this time. <laughs> um, I don't like card games. No, that's Sam's go. angle. He yeah. hates card games. <laughs> but he loves magic tricks for some reason with cards. Uh, I no, hate I actually, I actually hate magicians. Yes, <laughs> agreed. Magician, magicians are just think, liars. They think they're so cool. Yeah. yeah, magicians are just fucking liars. Magicians are just clowns without makeup on, right? Am I, I right? think that makes them yeah. better than well, clowns. It's, it's kind of like this. It's like this. It's like they like do a magic trick, and then they're like, oh, and they're so smug about it. But it's like, yeah, dude, that's what you were like. No one was expecting you to do, you know, not do a magic trick. You know what I mean? Like, we all know you're not magic but you just did a trick that you know and I don't, and that's the only thing, you know? So why do you think you're so cool? Right. Joel, are you taking your clothes off? <laughs> <laughs> I just took my shirt off for the fan because <laughs> J.O. Smith has inspired me to take my shirt off more often. All right. Um, all right. Wait, okay. Speaking of J.O. Smith, what a trade-up for him from the Knicks to the Cavs. Oh, yeah. And guess who's still on the Knicks? 
Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. He's never going to win a championship. Hell no. He's going to blow out his knees to do more. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> I don't want him to do that. That makes me sad. No. Um, What's, okay. uh, was he supposed to be traded to the Cavs? No, no, but J.O. Smith is, was bad. And then really bad. Was and then got good once he got teammate with LeBron James. Like last year, the Knicks shipped a bunch of spare parts over to Cleveland. It, Cleveland made them work. Moz, Timothy Mozgov, J.O. Smith, and Shumpert. Yeah, Shumpert. I have no idea who any of those people are. Timothy, they were they were like good players in a lot of ways. They just like the Knicks are like a bunch of like I don't know. It just always to me seems like some sort of like robot where all the pieces are just sort of it should be screwed together, but they're taped together. You know. <laughs> well, it's got to be. I mean, there has to be a certain amount of like added pressure to playing in such a big market. You yeah. know. Like, you go to Cleveland, even though you're playing with the LeBron James, it's got to be a lot easier than playing in New York City. Right? Yeah. Except the expectation is that they suck. And it's like, you're immediately like, you suck. You stink. You know? Yeah. You actually play in Cleveland? No. No. Yeah, but but you know, the years that uh, LeBron Mm -hmm. wasn't there, they've they've been good, you know? What are you doing to scissors? Yeah, what are you doing to him? Squishing your head, Joe. (laughs) Um, But on the flip side, Cleveland sucks. Like, the city. Yeah. Right? I've never been there. Uh, Me either. Um, But according to that tourism video that I'm going to put on our blog, it sucks. Um, I I had a thought. Sorry. Yeah. So it came out today... Just to turn things political for a second. Oh, yeah. I gave you the opening and you didn't take it. Go for yeah, it. Well, yeah. Take it now. Take it now. So it came yeah. out today that Donald Trump has raised $1.3 million and to two Hillary Clinton's like $43 million. <laughs> and it made me think about like small market teams in sports versus big market teams. <laughs> No, right? I, 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 well, no. Uh, Corrects it. He didn't. It's not that he raised that much money. It's like that's how much money he has right now. Right. 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 It's not that that's how much money he's raised. It's just that he doesn't have. That's the money. That's like the cash has in in his war chest right now. Right. Okay. And and Hillary's got forty three million dollars. Right. Well, so that just points to the fact that he's someone who always will spend money he doesn't actually have. That's why he's bankrupt. Bankrupt. So, uh, well, no. Well, you know, I'm saying like he he would spend anything he gets very quickly. Well, he's, uh, he's not raising any money, and he's not raised right. <laughs> well, and he's also he's also I don't know if you read this part. Also, is that like he has paid himself yes one point five million dollars yes. in the past month. And, like, he, like, does his campaign things at his hotels and, like, rents the rooms out yeah. and everything. Um, he's grifting. And so he's, like, right, exactly. Yeah. He's a grifter. And, he's a and grifter. all the money. Yeah. Whoa, 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 Joel, did you say he's a grifter? It's, it's the greatest grift in all time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
but he's getting well, whiffed he's in. Also, he's, he's also, he's like, oh, I'm funding my entire campaign by myself. Which is a lot. But, right, but also all the money he's giving to his campaign is in the form of loans and not, right. like, right. outright. Right. right. So... So he's not actually. Um, he's and like, and there's a grift within the grift. I don't know. I posted this on Facebook today, and there were articles on Slate and Think Progress. There is some kind of shady organization based out of London, Dairy, New Hampshire, where your wife's family, where is. my wife's family is from, that Trump uh-huh. has given thirty five thousand dollars to, and nobody can figure out what this organization does. And they were co-founded by a guy who started a medical um, technology, a medical device manufacturing company in Massachusetts that develops fake skin, like like uh, artificial skin for skin grafts made out of pig skin. And the the guy set up a, a what seemed to be a shell company in New Hampshire that doesn't do anything. And named it... Live Free or Die. Sto- yeah, yes. Everything is die. legal in New Hampshire. Everything is legal in New Hampshire. <laughs> he named his company Sterling Draper LLC after the Mad Men characters. Uh, and sweet. Trump's campaign has just given the shell company $35,000. Which is chump change, but, you know. Right. It's about what I make it. Well, what was the whole thing with Hillary's campaign? Uh, funneling money out of the, like she claimed to have raised all of this money for the Democratic Party, and like all of that money was being run through, like funneled through state uh, campaign funds and going right back to the National Party. Did you read about that? Mm-mm. I did. So there was like a certain, the there's like a certain amount of money that people are allowed to, uh, like deposit or to like donate to the national basically like they were taking money that was supposed to go to state uh, elections right. and funneling it back into the national uh, so is it going back to the, to the national campaign this is Robin's here now so, like, we're still podcasting like, okay. oh, oh, we're we're all this so. money for these local elections uh-huh. and then and then but they didn't because you, it, it like like went in and came right back out from what I've read, that is, they are moving money around. It's not that they're stealing from local elections. It's they're moving, like, a goddamn lot of money around because of the, like, ridiculous amount of money she's raised. Um, right. I need to, like, I want to find some stuff. Like, it's, it is moving money around in the, like, ridiculous amounts of money that are in president, like, political campaigns now, but it's not... She still put like a crazy amount of money at local elections, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just the like level of money she's working with goes in semi shady ways. What I what I just pulled up on Politico that was Robin, by the way. She yeah, shows up from time to time. Um, Only uh, when I'm dress talking Hillary does she pop up usually. Yeah, when you start dress talking <laughs> Hillary, Robin pops up. Sam, I want to talk to you about Bernie Sanders' grifting wife who bankrupted a liberal arts college. Yeah, which one? Goddard? Uh, no, Jane Bur- Sanders. Bur- no, Jane Sanders. Jane Burling- Sanders. Oh, what was the name of the college? I think Burlington, Burlington College. Burlington College. Yeah. I read I read an article about that when I was in Boston about a month ago. 
because uh, it had just closed, and she had like basically when she I think she was president or chancellor or something like that of the school, and had like started them down this path for like this massive expansion and like when it's and so I've I've done research on this too. Uh, oh, I'm from a university that has had some administrators have to resign in disgrace. So, oh, not yeah. saying I work from somewhere above that, but so like University of Illinois. Gina Sanders has a business degree from a diploma mill that's like the same place that Michelle Bachman's creepy husband has his finger quotes PhD. So like she should not have been the president of this college, yeah. and she was like trying to raise a ton of money. She did this sort of like land purchase from the Catholic Church in where they're at, um, with money. Uh-huh. It, like, she took out a loan that was based on money she was supposed to have raised, but it turned out she had not raised anything. And the, co- the college is broke, and the college has dissolved, so all the students there, like, are just, like, she had a lot of college doesn't exist anymore. She's kind of under investigation. Yeah, and, as, and as far as I can tell, she would not have got this job if she weren't wife of Senator Sanders. And she resigned before, like, a year before the school closed, too. She was forced out and got, like, a pretty big severance package, the way, like, the chancellor at my school resigned in disgrace and got, like, a ton of money. University of Illinois, yeah. Well, is it Champlain College? Is that what you said? No, uh, Burlington. Burlington College. Burlington College. Burlington College. And it never had a student body bigger than, like, 120 or something. It was tiny. It was, like, yeah, like, little bard-sized. Right. Smaller than bard, like... We all went to Bard. But it's like, what she was able to do there seems crazy to me. Um. I mean, yeah. I I don't know anything about that. Um, So, I can't tell you. I can't tell you that I've never heard of Burlington College before. Yeah, no, it it was tiny. It was tiny college. Yeah. It Uh, It sounds like a way smaller scale than, like, the entire Democratic you know, political machine stealing money from state elections. But I don't, seems I don't like believe a, that the Democrats... Seems like a, like, smaller deal than that. I mean, I wouldn't say that, I mean, and it's, it's not an either-or, but that's, she wouldn't have, she got this job by Bernie putting her there, and she bankrupted a college, is a pretty big deal to me. Um, and right. I, like, and I don't, like, Joel's computer is used for podcasting now, but... What's going on with the Hillary funding is like she's put a lot of money toward state elections. Like, it's more, it's this is larger money works in politics. Well, no, what I, the way. thing I was saying about that is that, that like she was saying these numbers, uh, and I'm not saying that she's like stealing money from. Uh, local campaigns, but what I was reading is that the numbers she was putting up for the uh, of like the amount of money she'd raised for the Democratic Party as a whole were not inaccurate, but a lot of that money that was going into the DNC for state elections was coming back out for the national election. Yeah. And that was part of, and then and those numbers were included in the amount of money that she had claimed to raise sure, for other elections. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, that is not being candid 
with where all the money's going, that's not the same as stealing money at no, a sale. And it's, and it's and, and, technically and it's technically not even untrue, but it's definitely misrepresenting the truth. I think that's better than Bernie Sanders like raising no money for state elections and saying like he's picking I saw him pick like four or five, uh, like Zephyr Teach out and a couple others, uh, who he thought were he thought people should go raise money for. I haven't seen him putting like money toward much downstate at all. Yeah, well, I don't know. His agenda is super specific, well, and he too, hates like, most of the and he hates most of the Democrats. Yes, he, Bernie Sanders hates everyone who won't work with Bernie Sanders under Bernie Sanders' terms. Well, like he's got some passionate ideas and does not want to talk to or work with anyone who doesn't want to work with him as he wants to work. Well, right. That's what people like about him so much. That's what I hate about him. Right, but that's what other people like about him so much. It's because he's like, I I have this very specific set of values, and I'm not going to fucking waver for them for the party line for anything else. And that's what people respond to. And I think what more Um, people responded to was someone who can work as a goddamn politician and adult... (laughs) Like, uh, you guys, right. you guys have thirty seconds no, no, to finish this conversation, <laughs> and you have to mention. Um, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you on that, Robin. I'm yeah. just saying that, like, you know, it's kind of unprecedented. Uh, you know, unheralded. Like the amount of success that he yeah. did have. Well, no, no, I, I totally agree with you there. And that's like, what. That's what people. That's what people were responding to. Like yes. he didn't win the nomination. But, you know, he had literally every card in the deck stacked against him, and he still did pretty fucking well, you know? I guess, I guess like, I'm, just, I'm frustrated with, and, like, not you and not even the bulk of the people who are enthused about him, but I worry that the loudest and the ones who seem to be, like, driving his narrative are the ones who are, you know, this is mostly white, mostly guys, like... To hell with everything, sure. but how the revolution, we want to do it. If anyone has anything else to say, like, you're not the true leftists, like, that seems ridiculous and toxic to me. And that's what, like, I, I'm not, I really don't like that element of. All right. So Ichiro, well, Ichiro has, is getting a lot of hits. You, you can make all of this can I, can sorry. Can this is, with one quick statement? About how Ichiro has got a lot of hits. Ichiro, yeah. but no, I just I subscribe to the Groucho Marx school of thought, which is the uh, and I will flub the line that member of a party. I never joined a party that I wouldn't want to belong to any club that would have me as a member. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That's that's my feeling about politics. Summed up in the line. <laughs> um. I'm just trying to talk about sports. Mark Cuban, owner of the uh, Dallas Mavericks, he could be Trump's Donald, running mate. The Donald Trump of the, Do- the Donald Trump of the NBA. Uh, I- Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. Yeah, I don't like that guy either. But he's right that Donald Trump is poor. 
poor as fuck. I'm also, I was on Politico just now, trying to find, I, I, I've got, Sam, what you were talking about, but they've got all their um, headlines on the right-hand side, and it says, um, headline number six, I'm not going to click on it, Trump dumps campaign manager... Oh, yeah. Keeps daughter. No, no, no. Let me let me re, let me restate that headline. Trump dumps campaign manager. Keeps daughter. <laughs> I just, like, just like a cartoon person. I know what he's talking about, but like that's like the best headline. Like there was an option to like disown his daughter, but he's like, ah, oh, no, keep her. <laughs> also, like rumors floating around that he was like, he was like basically interested in her. Like, oh yeah, he know he said he's like, oh yeah, she wasn't my daughter. I, I probably right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think <laughs> she's, she's like a very good looking yeah. girl. She's a very good looking girl. Yeah, if she wasn't I, my daughter. So, who knew? Who knew? If she wasn't my daughter, I had my like every like three weeks or so. When I'm, this is the last thing I'll say about politics. I'll be like listening to the radio, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, they actually chose." Like at first, it was like, "I can't believe Donald Trump's actually doing this well," and then it was, "I can't believe he actually." I'm just like, it's constant disbelief, right? And it's like one of those things. It's like, is you like step back a second and look at it, and you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so strange. It, it, it's, very strange. It's a breakdown. What it is, is it's a breakdown, in my opinion, it's a breakdown of the Republican Party. That oh, yeah. the Republican Party did not have any kind of infrastructure, functional infrastructure, to stop a hostile takeover from a fascist like Donald Trump. It's not a hostile takeover. Right. Like, all their other folks who are running are also fascists, also terrible. This is not uh, an idiot, like a wild card ideology that's come out of nowhere. He's just louder, bad at fundraising, and more... He's saying the quiet part's loud in terms of racism. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but... Wait, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel to you guys like the wheels are coming off that bus right now, though? Yeah, it does. It does to me because he's up against the Democrats, who I think are competent. I, I think, I think you know... Well, what? it's just like, who fires their campaign manager after they win the, the primary? You know what no, I mean? His campaign manager was under fire for... He was, his campaign manager like, was like... His campaign manager attacked a woman in Florida. His campaign manager is... Channeling money to Londonderry, New Hampshire. <laughs> but he, he's the same guy that, like, maybe assaulted that journalist. Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. I mean, he, right. he, did. he did. He definitely, like... I think this I know, is I more, just, we're I get that, but, like, this guy's been kind of running this fucking fast and loose campaign the entire time, and, like, at, no point, at no point was he behind, you know what I mean? In the Republican primary, and I think Robin's right, right about... Go ahead. Well, I think this is more, we're not able to cover up the fact that, like, what we call the Democratic Party is most of people. So, like, right. that's from the, like, leftiest anarchists to different types of progressives to center-left. Like, the Democratic Party is most people. The Republican Party is this bil one billionaires who want to, like, undo estate tax and labor laws, and then Trump, like, the scary group of racists. Right. 
And well, like that's that is a they got a lot of power because of like gerrymandering and like how voting works so badly in our country, but that is a very small group of people and it's not enough to run like a real party, which is I guess how you get Trump. For sure. Um Well, the Democratic Party also is expanding like crazy. Right. Because like, you know, Ronald Reagan might be a Democrat if he ran today. Sure. You know? He was a Democrat. Or he was a Republican. Yeah. When the Democrats were the party of the South. Well, also, uh, I think, like, the Democrats have moved a lot to the left, like, since since Reagan, certainly since but, Bill Clinton. Reagan was also, like, the head of the Screen Actors Guild. He was, like, a pro-union union guy. Like, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I was saying he... Yeah, maybe he wasn't even... And he also yeah. just, he uh, did one of the biggest union busts that had, like, some pretty profound legal stuff when he broke the air traffic control union strike. Right. I forget what, there's, there was, like, a Supreme Court case that went from that, but breaking that strike um, was one of the, like, nails in the coffin of private sector union, unions, I believe. They were public. Yeah. Were they public? Oh. Yeah. All right, all right. Can we can we get off politics now? Uh, yeah. We got three minutes. We got three minutes left. Um, we will continue this conversation, I'm sure, as the general election um, comes forward. Um, um, we've talked about a lot of things. I do. Ichiro v. Pete Rose. Um, which presidential candidate is the Pete Rose of this election? Was like election? Sanders, Clinton, or Trump? Who's the Pete Rose? Sanders. Why? Gary Johnson. <laughs> Jill Stein. Jill Stein. She's betting on everything. She's betting well, on everything. I mean, it's easy to say that Trump is the Pete Rose, but, you know. Well, he, he definitely stands the highest chance of being barred from politics forever <laughs> after this election. <laughs> That's what I think. That's true. I mean, okay. Do you, do you, honest question, do you think Ichiro's hits in Japan should count? Yes. I, I had to know any yes. I, hit, they should hit, they should, so, when, so are you saying that statistic includes his hits in Japan? If you count Ichiro's MLB hits plus his hits in Japan, he's got more than Pete Rose. If you just count his MLB hits, he's not going to come anywhere close to Pete Rose. Well, right, I mean, but like, he may still get 3,000 hits. Yeah, yeah. Which is a big deal. Well, look, I think, it's, I think it's the malleability of, of statistics. Okay. Why can't you have both? And why can't that, like, that number have an asterisk? You know, it's like, everything is like, if this, then this, in, in baseball statistics, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I have no problem with it. Well, I think that I have a couple thoughts on that. One is that it's the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame and not, like, the International Baseball League's Federation right. Hall of Fame. So this, we're talking about a statistic that's Hall of Fame. Well, that being the, that being, like, the governing body of historical statistics in the Major Leagues, right? Right. Right. Okay. But I guess I have a, I guess I like, I like each year, that's why. No, he's I like one of my favorite too. baseball yeah, players. Yeah, is great. Time. Yeah, but I I don't think that the well the rules are different in Japan, right? The ball's yes. lighter, and the competition is different. 
and the competition is presumably weaker. Yeah, what like, I've read, <laughs> and I don't know, what I've read is that the Japanese Professional Baseball League is the second best baseball league in the world, but right. it's way lower competition than the U.S. Right. And I don't think that, I think that if Ichiro had been playing in the major leagues his entire career, he would have beat Pete Rose also. Oh, you do? Oh, see, I was going to say, do. I don't think you would have as many hits. Because he would be, I think he, I think he like, would. He'd be, he'd be hitting against Randy Johnson. He'd be hitting against Roger Clemens. Well, I like it's just, that's something to examine is the pace at which he had, had those hits. Right, right. But you got to realize that, like, when he came to the major leagues, he was, he was hitting like almost three hundred hits a year. He was, like, he was right rookie the of the year and MVP the same year. In the same year, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the greatest baseball players ever. And oh, if yeah. He was like, yeah. If he had like played his entire career in the States, I think he would be the hit king. You but like, so. that being said, he probably would not have his style. Is a very Japanese, you know, it's oh, like yeah. a yeah. very American baseball style to, to just slap the ball as much as, as, much as you can, you know? No, that's a that's good point. True. That's a good point. That's, that's absolutely a good point. Yeah. And he doesn't hit for power, right? He hits like... Single, single. He, he, he wants to get on base. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like he throws the bat, and he's amazing at it, you know? And I'm not saying that's like, that, that's a skill that is not, most American baseball, but like, they, I feel like they're bot, they, they, they couldn't necessarily, uh, they're not trained to play baseball that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not a team, that's like a team sport mentality. Right. The way that I think, largely. baseball is not. American, American baseball is, I mean, there's a team, but it's nine guys, and you do your job. Right. And you hope the next guy does his job. Yeah. Well, you know, and, like, I guess he is a right fielder, so his, his position is, like, yeah, well, I don't know. It's, yeah. not, it's not like he's the most important player on the field. You know what I'm saying? Right. I disagree. I feel like the right fielder is the most important player on the field. Really? No. He's lying. Well, he's lying to you, Jesse. You know, don't, the way that don't, don't believe him, Jesse. He's lying to you. <laughs> no, dude. Because think about it. As far as the outfield goes, the center fielder's got to cover the most ground, right? right? But the right fielder has to have the best arm. Agreed. Always, to hit, Always to, has to, to have the most powerful arm. Mm-hmm. Like... For a right oh! fielder, White Sox won. Yeah, yeah. For for a right fielder to That's two like, games have outfield assists is massive because they're throwing to third base and they're throwing to home plate and yeah. they have like the farthest. They throw. got it. Yeah, they got it. Rock it. So if you think about it, like I don't know, right fielders who stand out to me, like that I can think of. Vladimir Guerrero, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ichiro. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, who's that other guy? It's that guy with the fucking cannon. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> but um, I feel like right field is like the most skilled outfield position. That's what I would say. Interesting. All right. All right. Um, all right. We got to go. We got to go. We've we've covered a lot today. I'm pretty I'm pretty psyched about this. I think uh, 
Uh, oh, one thing before we go. Congratulations to the Akron assistant managers, the winners of our online poll, uh, the most popular uh, vocationally-based sports team name that we came up with two weeks ago. They won They won with ten votes, uh, which, which I... I not sarcastically, I was really excited that at least 10 people voted in our poll. 16, 16 votes. I know I voted more than once. Sam, I think you voted more than once. What was the second place? I voted twice. You voted Second place, I think, was Albuquerque Vice Principals. I voted for them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, vo- I voted for them, too. I voted for them and the assistant managers. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's awesome that Akron, Akron assistant managers... Akron, Ohio. Akron Assets, for short. (laughs) (laughs) Akron Assets, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Thank you for listening, and and go Akron. Go Akron. Akron Zips. Oh, I bet you that's why they won. I tweeted at the Akron Zips that they were winning. Um, So so here's, here's what I want to leave you guys with. Let's say tomorrow, you know, LeBron James, greatest basketball player of all time, he's won his championship for Cleveland, and he comes out tomorrow and pulls a full Moshan Lynch and says, I am retiring from the sport of basketball. What's he going to do? Play hockey. (laughs) Yeah, if he wanted to be the greatest basketball player of all time, he'd go play double-A ball for a couple of years. <laughs> go, go play for the Birmingham Barons. Uh, he, wants to, he wants to try out for the NFL. He's mentioned that a couple of times. Really? Yeah. He'd be a sick tight end. He'd probably. be a sick tight end. Six, although, although six foot that, eight, I honestly, 250. I don't think he could take a hit. You're, you're lying. I don't think so, man. He's six foot eight, two hundred and fifty pounds. He can run a forty faster than most running backs. Right, but, but he's a bitch. He's not a bitch. Right. On that note, <laughs> good night, everyone. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go. Uh, and let's let Mungo Jerry play us out. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Come on, load, motherfucker. In the summertime, when the weather is hot, you can stretch right up and touch the sky. When the weather's fine, you got women, you got women on your mind. Stop cutting vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what turned into like a wooden table. <laughs>